This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Well, welcome back to another episode of the business of blueberries. This one being a unique opportunity that we uh, are jumping in here between episodes to share what I think is a incredible story from someone that many of you know, but if you don't, you're going to meet him here on this episode, but an incredible story about how agriculture is moving forward with vaccine and the rollout of the vaccine. It goes without saying that this has been an incredibly tough year on all of us. And as we get ready for the rush of the domestic crop and harvest, I just felt it was important to bring this story forward in order to encourage others who are thinking about these things, they're wondering how it works, and knowing firsthand that I've been working on your behalf at NABC and USHBC to try to navigate what information is available. It's very difficult. We understand that. But so today, I'm excited to bring Guy Cotton forward. He and I talked last week, and he told me that he had the opportunity to vaccinate 150 people at his property. It's a remarkable story and a great example of what is happening by folks in our industry. Certainly, this is, I think, something that agriculture is well known for and being able to be a part of the system of uh, distribution here. And, and so I wanted to bring Guy on, and I thought this would be a great opportunity to feature this rollout, this vaccine, for two reasons. One, it's a great story and reason to be optimistic about defeating this pandemic. And second, I think as many others of you are out there preparing for your season, this is something to consider. There's logistics involved. There's going to be some responsibility on everybody's part to figure out how to make this work for your workforce. And again, an opportunity to hear from somebody who just went through it. So Guy, thank you for joining me. Excited to have you here to tell us your story here on the Business of Blueberries. Glad to be here, Casey. Before we dive into what you were able to get done this past week and how exciting I think that is, and, and congratulations, by the way, a tribute to you and your willingness to put that kind of project together. But why don't you give the listening audience a bit of context about your background in blueberries? We've been in blueberries for at least 20 years, uh, growing them, uh, packing them, selling them, and then we also do importing them. We're located in Stockton, California is the packing house, but we have uh, orchards throughout uh, Central Valley of California. Excellent. All right. Well, again, thank you for joining us. And and like I said at the beginning, look, I was online. I'm trying to figure out in California, because we're in California as well, and I know it's different across the country, but certainly recognizing our role at USHBC as a need to help, you know, kind of spread the news about how this process is unfolding for agriculture. In California, it's known as phase 1B uh, for food and agriculture. And uh, so you were like the first person I'd heard being able to administer the phase 1B piece of the rollout of the vaccine. So how did that come together for you? You know, what did you have to do to get the first 150 people you vaccinated last week in line for this opportunity? So it all started back in October of uh, 2020 when we reached out to the, uh, it's called Population Health Management of San Joaquin County. They wanted to partner with us to do COVID testing here on site for our employees. 
So we chose to do it. It was all voluntary if they wanted to be tested. And we did that through October, November, December, and January of this year. We did it about 10 times. So we worked closely with that organization and we tested not only employees, but we wanted to test family members and friends that the employees had that they chose to bring in if they wanted to and have testing. Well, and it's interesting too, because you're working locally there on the ground. So if it wasn't for the, this connection you made there locally, what are you finding that is being made available to organizations like yours to move vaccinations forward? So what happened is going back to the testing phase, I requested when the vaccines were going to be available for ag, I was requesting that we could possibly be close to the front of the line so we could get our employees and um, contractors, the ones in the field and also in the shed, vaccinated as soon as possible. Well, and that's fantastic. I can't imagine that even having that relationship and working out the logistics were all that easy either. But what were the challenges along the way to do what you did with 150 this week? So what happened is the county had limited supply for us. So they requested that it be 65 years and older, that they be in ag, that they be in San Joaquin County, either living or working. So that 65 timeframe was already open to everybody else. So it made it quite a challenge to find 150. So we reached out to seven other packing houses in the county and all worked together to find people that fit that protocol and brought them in. Yeah. So right now it was phase 1B, 65 and older as the kind of filter for the rollout. As that slot is filling up, they're moving now to the 50 plus crowd. Got it. Well, you know, one of the things that is encouraging, I know what you're doing is you're working towards the seasonal prep that, you know, ensures safety and wellness and, and health of your your workforce, your company. But talk a little bit about, you know, your your perspective on making this available versus it being, you know, a requirement. Yes, there is no requirement. This is totally voluntary. And we want to work hard for the people that want to have the opportunity to be vaccinated. Those that choose not to, we're fine with also. But we want to put a good faith effort for the individuals that want it to be able to get it. Yeah. And, and I think the same too for this message is this isn't the conversation about vaccine or no vaccine. It's really the ability to try and understand how, if you are looking to be vaccinated, does agriculture in this case fit through the process? And I think, you know, as you and I were talking earlier, it was this challenge on my part to just find one good source. And for NABC, it's national. We've got to be able to kind of help guide the industry into opportunities for vaccination, you know, in case of prior to the domestic production season really taking off, you know, what's out there, what's available. And I guess maybe that's my next question to you. What advice do you have for the industry during this time? So I would, I would encourage people to talk to their county officials and say that we have a unique opportunity that we have a database where we can go out and find individuals that are out on the fringe, you know, in the ag industry that we can locate them, we can bring them in, we can organize it where they may have not that ability. So it's a big plus for us to get 
everybody vaccinated. Absolutely. And it also helps to use um, your neighbor packing houses. You do it uniformly. It, it's it's very advantageous. So we did it this week. There'll be another um, packing house, one of our neighbors, a competitor that will be doing it next week. And then we probably will be doing it again the following week. And the logistics on that, just so we can kind of dig into how your property was being made available, you had a similar setup with the testing protocols or, or how was that same or different for you? You know, what does it take to be able to host an event like this, you know, with the social distancing that's still needed before you get vaccinated? We were lucky uh, that day. It was a 72 degree day. So we had it outside. We chose to do 10 appointments. So from the one o'clock hour to the one fifteen hour, we did uh, 10 appointments. They drove in, they came out of the car, they were six feet apart. Um, then the county vaccinated them. They talked to them about what was happening, um, what to look for. Then they had them sit to the side for 15 minutes. And then we brought in the next group. So if there was one to one fifteen, the next group came in from one fifteen to one thirty. It was very helpful and it took a lot of planning beforehand because we probably had five people on the phone the day before calling for eight hours trying to coordinate and find everybody. Well, and I think that's probably the other question is, is you had this partnership that had the county resources in position to do what they do, but it wasn't as if that was the only resources involved here. You you put your own resources. Obviously, you're talking about time here, but maybe you can speak to you know that commitment on your part. Like, what did that look like? So we had uh, three people at check-in stations on the driveway coming in. You know, giving them the form to be filled out. Then we had two people doing parking, and then we just had people in the office calling through that day because you have no shows. You have slots that may or may not be open and you're trying to fill them all because we want every shot that we have in yeah. somebody's arm. Yeah. And in terms of the response you got, you know, with the people on the phone working to try and bring, you know, folks in for this opportunity, what was the reaction you were getting from people that were getting this opportunity? There were so many people that were so elated to have the vaccine. They so many thank you, so much relief that they finally were able to get the vaccine. So it, it was very, very uplifting. How does it make you feel? I mean, I, I oh, it, it really made you feel good. Like you were really helping to make this thing finally get back to normal. Man. Well, again, that, that to me was, you know, the inspiration I heard in the conversation that we had just trying to, you know, again, not uh, not get into any sort of debate, but just this idea that this is what agriculture does. And you were a great, you know, first example that I heard. And, and I hope that this example that you're sharing today inspires others to think through the logistics, of course. And agriculture always steps into that gap that, that makes it just such a unique industry where you're willing to spend the time, the resources, make the space and do, in this case, you know, the feeding of people. But, you know, this is actually the vaccine for this pandemic. And exciting to hear about the work you guys did this week and encouraged to hear that it's rolling out. That's the other part of this that, you know, it's hard for me, even looking across the industry websites that we have, you know, organizationally, uh, not a lot of good information out there about, you know, how this happens either state to state or nationally, but just encouraged to hear your example and, and hope this inspires others as well. So I really appreciate you uh, sharing this experience. Anything else that you want to add that you think would be, you know, important for people to know? You just got to keep 
keep trying and keep working it and prove to people that you roll up your sleeves and make it happen. So. Yeah. Well, I got to think that it helps with uh, company morale as you start to prepare and, and get ready for kind of the robustness of the of the harvest season that this is finally happening for our country and, and certainly for our industry. Thank you, Guy. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your story. And we're looking for more stories like this. So if this is a story that inspired you uh, or if this is a story that you've experienced yourself, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, we'd love to be able to know that there are more of these examples out there that we can share with others and just continue to encourage our industry and our country to move through uh, what has been a very difficult time and getting back to a new normal. So I appreciate your time, Guy. Thank you for what you're doing out there. Thank you for uh, sharing your story today. 